The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Warning. If you're prone to get your feelings hurt and are a person that doesn't like to laugh, this pod is not for you. If you're looking for serious analysis and hate the drama of the NBA, this pod is not for you. If you're looking for something soothing like ASMR, this pod is not for you. On this episode of This League, we break down the holy shit hard into the nets. How we got there, the latest developments for Kyrie Irving, the NBA's strict new COVID protocols that have some guys in a tizzy, and we hit some listener voicemails. All right. Let's get into it. Remember when the Houston Rockets said they were willing to get uncomfortable <laughs> when it came to James Harden? Uh, yeah, that escalated pretty quickly, didn't it? I would say that in the last few days, things got pretty uncomfortable, like cringe levels of uncomfortable. Let's recap where we were prior to James Harden getting shipped out of Houston. Head coach, gone. GM, gone. Co-star, one, gone. Co-star, two, gone. I mean, Russell Westbrook was happy to go to the Washington Wizards. That's how bad we were at. And James Harden saw all that and was like, the the championship window was closed. And he just knew that things were not going to work out. And, I mean, fair enough. They weren't going to work out. So then he asked for a trade, right? Then... After he asked the organization for a trade, through his handlers, he made sure that the trade request was public. And then Houston was like, (laughs) thanks for that. Uh, We hear you, but we're going to wait until we get the offer that we want. We are willing to get uncomfortable as it relates to James Harden. And maybe, just maybe, when you see our new look roster, our John Wall, our DeMarcus Cousins, and maybe you might feel differently. And then Harden was like, you want to get uncomfortable? (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted. Let's do this. I'm going to go to strip clubs instead of training camp. I'm going to go and party in Vegas with rappers. I'm going to break COVID protocol. I'm going to be forced to quarantine. I'm going to sprain my ankle. I'm going to have the least amount of points in a five-game stretch since the time I was a six-man in Oklahoma City. How uncomfortable are you down to get? As uncomfortable as I am in this baby blue jumpsuit? (laughs) I'm willing to show up 40 pounds overweight, not even close to game shape. And then, no news. Zero. Crickets. Just just wide-angled shots of James Harden in a rapidly expanding weight. 
And as someone who's uh, starting an NBA podcast, I was pretty fucking disappointed. Yeah, I mean, until uh, the other night when they got smoked by the Lakers, I got on that uh, bet train. Did you? Oh, yeah, I had it. That was a good bet. And the world wanted to know, James, why can't, why can't you compete with the Lakers? And he says, which was shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. One of the all-time presser moments. I mean, yeah. right? <laughs> it, the world was stopped, it felt like. Yeah. He said, I was thinking he would say, you know, we tried hard, we went out, you know, these lots to do, lots to change, we're keeping our heads up. And he said, what he said was, wow, we're just not good enough. We're not even close to good enough to the other elite teams, chemistry-wise, talent-wise, everything, everything. It's clear. I love the city. I've done literally all I can. This situation's crazy, and I don't think it can be fixed. And then he left. Yeah, <laughs> just got up. <laughs> just left. What a world-class bust off. I mean, seriously, when was the last time you heard someone say that about anyone that they worked with, let alone the entire roster? Like, just throw them all to the wolves. You guys are all trash. Not good enough. James Harden, your 17.4 points a game isn't good enough. Shooting 38% isn't good enough. You showing up the way you look is certainly not good enough. As it relates to chemistry, holy fuck, you seem like the toxic one here. <laughs> Everyone else is pretty much like looking around like, yo, you, James, are the breaking point that makes this situation impossible to be fixed, fam. I gasped when I heard that. Oh, man. And then the media, of course, was like, hey, John Wall, did you hear what James Harden had to say about you? And then he was like, yeah, no comment. But he did describe the relationship so far with James Harden. Uh, I think it's been a little rocky. Can't lie about that. I mean, I don't think it's been the best it could be, to be honest. That's all I really could say. <gasps> oh, gosh. And then, I mean, yes, it's been rocky. And then, which is even better, DeMarcus Cousins was like, let's throw the filter off this bitch. To me personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. Um, my interest in playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest. <laughs> uh, with that being said, um, Disrespect started way before, you know, uh, any, any, um, just the approach to training camp, uh, showing up the way he did, uh, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. So uh, this isn't something that, you know, all of a sudden happened, you know, last night. But with that being said, like I said, this is the nasty part of the business. So uh, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, the part that I can't get enough of is showing up the way he did. DeMarcus Cousins says, James Harden, the disrespect started way earlier when he showed up the way he did. Yeah. You mean fat as hell? <laughs> couldn't even fit into his warm-ups? Looked like he was in a Santa Claus suit with some baby blues on? Folks, 
this isn't something that just happened last night. We know that. We know that. Thank you, DeMarcus Cousins, for saying exactly what we've been thinking. I mean, the shocking thing is that we hadn't heard any of this until just a couple of days ago. I'm surprised. I mean, in this league? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like there were just so many problems going on there. And, like, maybe if there were, maybe James Harden was just afraid of DeMarcus Cousins and just Shock. couldn't be around him. No doubt. I don't think anyone at this point after this presser was like, the Rockets are in a good negotiating spot. <laughs> at this point, it's clear James Harden's not coming back. He is not safe to return to this locker room <laughs> because DeMarcus Cousins is there waiting for him. And yet somehow, some way, the Rockets fleeced the Brooklyn Nets into four first-round picks and then four pick swaps. The max allowed. And then somehow the Rockets were able to wriggle their way in where Tillman Frittata, as I would like to call him, <laughs> found a way to not have Karis LeVert's contract on their books, but to have an expiring in Victor Oladipo. I just under, don't understand. Like, if the Rockets were forced to make this trade at gunpoint, which they certainly seem to be after that whole fiasco, how were the Nets the one that got held up? <laughs> how? <laughs> Okay, so the, the trade's complicated to my little brain. Uh -huh. Pacers, Nets, Rockets, Cats. And the interesting and crazy thing to me is that, like, the three teams that got better are the ones that did not get James Harden. Please explain to me this deal, Mark. All right, I've got it. I've, I, I've spent some time on it, and I think I've got it down. Okay, so the Rockets pick up Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Rodion's uh, Curux, all right. Spelling, sorry. Uh, three Brooklyn first-rounders, 22, 24, 26. Uh, one Milwaukee first. I guess this is where the Cavs thing came in. Uh, that's uh, 22, unprotected. Uh, four Brooklyn first-round pick swaps, 21, 23, 25, 27. Mm. Uh, Nets get James Harden. Pacers pick up Karis LeVert in a second-rounder. And the Cavs somehow get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Torian Prince quietly playing pretty well. This this situation went from it's uncomfortable to mm, this looks pretty fucking bad to oh my god something's got to give to are you serious this is real life in like 10 minutes i needed two phones to keep up harden not only bullied his way out of houston he bullied the president of the united states off of our timelines yeah. like i can't even actually tell whether the president was impeached is about to be impeached is it a second time? Is it a first time? Are we still talking it through? Because that's how much that dominated what we were seeing on Twitter. Yeah, it's funny we kind of shrugged off the presidential impeachment. Right. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and all of this is going on, and I just have to know, like, where's Kyrie in all of this? Where is Kyrie Irving? This league... The news if this James Harden thing wasn't going to come out, the big lead was going to be Kyrie Irving. Mm -hmm. Because the moment we stepped out of this booth, I got a little timeline update, and it was like, hey, by the way, have you seen where Kyrie Irving has been? He has not been uh, contemplating philosophy and our democracy. He was at a birthday party for his sister, 
large gathering with zero masks on. Large. Putting himself front and center again three shows in a row now where we're talking about Kyrie Irving. So, what did he do? Okay, so he went to this birthday party. Oh, as an aside, by the way, did you see what he put on his Instagram for his dad? No, I don't follow Kyrie. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Shocker. He said, happy, uh, what did he say? Happy journey around the sun, King. Wait, wait. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> so, if the earth is flat, how can we rotate around the sun? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Kyrie broke protocol. And now we don't know if he's going to play basketball this season. We don't know when he's returning. And now the NBA is looking into Kyrie for breaking protocol, and now he's got to test negative multiple times. He's got to quarantine. The whole thing is just a mess. No matter what Sean Marks has to say, we're not even sure if Kyrie wants to return. And the only reason that we know he's still alive Uh, based on a photo that surfaced of him with 200 people on it, which was like a Zoom rally with a, wait, a former star of Sex in the City, Uh Cynthia Nixon, endorsing some candidate for district attorney of Manhattan, and Kyrie was like, yes, (laughs) me and my activist self are ready to go. Hey, heads up, Kyrie, there's a game going on right now that you're supposed to be playing in. As the Zoom call is going on. You might have told them, hey, I have this Nuggets game on my calendar. Can we reschedule? Oh, it was during a game? Yes. (laughs) Fuck this guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's a perfect way to describe it. And my, my wonder is, does the arrival of James Harden make it more or less likely that Kyrie is coming back to the squad? My guess is less likely Uh, because he's already expressed. I don't know if you remember this but because it's just all gotten lost in the shuffle, but Kyrie already expressed his lack of enthusiasm for the potential trade of James Harden. The quote is what again, Marty? Uh, Okay, I've got it. It's uh, James is a great player, and we wish him well. I just want him to be happy, be secure in who he is as a man first, and then as a basketball player. Whatever happens, those conversations are between them. But we're focused on us. So much to unpack in that sense. I think you could very clearly say he was not anticipating James Harden's arrival. He needs to be secure in who he is as a man first. That's a strip club shot. (laughs) That is a strip club shot. Anyway, sorry Kyrie, but he, Harden, is now us. Us now includes James Harden as long as Kyrie is a net. But now, I'm not even sure if this is true, uh, but at the exact same time that James Harden was being traded to the Nets, there was a new tweet surfacing by SNY, and the tweet was, update first. I'm hearing a ton of Nets Kyrie stuff this morning. Sounds like an absolute mess developing. Update, big red uh, flashing lights in the tweet. I'm being told Kyrie's been furious at the organization for some time for not giving him more input on the head coach hiring. He was not in favor of Steve Nash. Also, also his relationship with Kevin Durant has been described 
as very distant recently. Man. I said it on the last episode. This marriage is not built for the long term. Someone is going to go. Someone. And now that the Nets have James Harden, and we know, I'm I'm sure, what Kyrie thinks of that, it's not a stretch to me that Kyrie's going to take the season off and just be like, you guys do you. I'm going to continue on these Zoom rallies with the rest of my artist, activist, politicians. What did I say about the Nets the last episode, Marty? Can you find that clip? I think we have a dysfunctional organization on our hands. (laughs) (laughs) That aged perfectly because I would say as things develop, the more that take sounds spot on. You've got the Nets who went from a pair of superstars, one that was like somewhat known as being a cancer, and another superstar that's moody as hell, to a superstar that's moody as hell and another other star that's been known as a locker room cancer. And then you add Kyrie to the mix, and we don't even know if he's coming back. We're not sure. So now you have two possible cancers and a guy who at best is moody with a lot of lower body issues. So we are one protest and one soft tissue injury away from the Brooklyn Nets being the 2020 Houston Rockets without John Wall. Like just (laughs) James Harden balling with a bunch of jags, just a bunch of just guys. And that is the best case. (laughs) The visitation no longer comes. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's a great place to stop it because the visitations are no longer coming for folks in the NBA. No, no. Since this last episode, again, timely, COVID ravishing, ravaging the league, and the NBA is like, okay, let's straighten this shit out. We're going to make some new rules, protocols, and I have to say everything is hard to keep up with. How can I be up to speed? Marty, please tell me the new rules. Okay, so here's the latest. Uh, pre-game and post-game, uh, opposing players are limited to fist and elbow bumps with no extended socializing. Uh, no non-team guests in hotel rooms. That's, uh, that might be an issue. Uh, players are now prohibited from leaving the hotel for non-team-related activities. And uh, at home, uh, for at least the next two weeks, players should avoid interacting with people who don't live or work regularly in their homes. And uh, as for uh, coaches and team staff members uh, are required to remain at home when in their home markets unless they are attending team-related activities, uh, exercising outside, performing essential activities, uh, or going out uh, for what the league termed uh, extraordinary circumstances. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is a lot. Quite a lot. So basically it's like stay the fuck in your house. See no one unless they live with you. Kind of like, I don't know, March when we were all sheltering in place, when COVID levels were through the roof, but also lower than they are right this fucking second. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine this is sitting well with a lot of the vets. Bingo. (laughs) Bingo. We already have vocal dissent on our hands, folks. OKC's George Hill we'll call him a journeyman, was asked about these new rules. And I tell you what, 
it was about as close to fuck you, Adam Silver, as you are possibly going to get without him actually saying, saying those words. He says, I'm a grown man. This is the quote. I'm a grown man. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I want to go and see my family, I'm going to go and see my family. They can't tell me I have to stay in a room 24-7. If it's that serious, then maybe we shouldn't be playing. But it's life. No one is going to be able to just cancel their whole life for this game. Whoa. Whoa. Marty, mm -hmm. George Hill was drafted in 2008, if I remember correctly. I think that's right. How much has George Hill made in his career? Uh, yeah, this is his uh, 13th year in the league, and uh, his lifetime earnings is uh, $94,465,000 and some change. Easy to say fuck you to Adam Silver when you have 100 milli that you've made in your career. A 35-year-old man with a decade of NBA checks under his belt looking at these new COVID rules, and he's like, you know what? I'm grown. We shouldn't play if we are under lock and key. This is ridiculous. And you know those rules, those cute little rules you think you're about to put in place? I'm grown. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Good luck trying to enforce those, Adam Silver. And, you know, George Hill for sure has a point. I mean, that is like a crazy set of rules. And then I thought to myself, I wonder if everybody's feeling this way. I wonder if the entire league is ready to overthrow Adam Silver and his nonsense. And then Shea Geldris Alexander, third-year player, um, great guy, said this. <clears throat> wildly different take. <laughs> it's what's necessary. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get rid of COVID. If it means I have to wear a mask on the bench the whole time, it is what it is. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back. I want us to get back to normal living. Whatever it takes to get back, I am going to do it. <laughs> Shay's like, yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's saying. He's a company man. So how much has Shay made in his career? Uh, so uh, Shay's lifetime earnings are uh, 7.3 mil, and uh, he's uh, on his rookie contract until uh, 2022. Yeah, it's a little different. A little yeah. different viewpoint. From Shay. He's like, I don't know what George Hill is talking about, but I am down for whatever you guys need us to do in order for this thing to keep rocking, for me to keep getting those checks. I am on a rookie contract. I've got bills to pay. And with the NBA stops, I don't know where I'm going to get my next paycheck from. And if we cancel the season, then the CBA's ripped up. And if the CBA's ripped up, then I don't get paid coming into my new contract. I'll do whatever it fucking takes. Whatever I need to do, I'll wear a mask in bed if I have to. I'll wear a mask in the shower if I have to. Shit. Don't listen to George Hill. We got this. We got this. There's a reason that there's no ring George Hill saying this instead of multiple ring winner LeBron James. Same age. And LeBron's like, shit, I'm 36. I don't have any time to waste. I got a legacy to build, people. I have more rings to accumulate. I am the greatest of all time. The Lakers have one goal in mind, and it's like, yo, let's repeat. I don't know what all these other people are doing, these jamokes, but we're going to stay focused. And they're doing everything they can. We haven't heard a peep, not a close contact, not a COVID case, 
not anybody breaking protocol. LeBron has got them locked in. No one's tripping about the rules. And L.A. is ground zero. That's the highest amount of COVID cases in the United States is Los Angeles, and we haven't heard a thing. And instead, they're like just clowning teams. You got LeBron James doing the Steph Curry turnaround. Shoo-shoo, you know, close my eyes, do the whole thing, just clowning. Beating teams night after night. So, I mean, COVID is going to be here to stay. It is. We know this. We're not, we're not getting a vaccine anytime soon. I mean, not in the near future, at least. Teams that are going to survive in advance are going to be the ones that continue to be available. So, <clears throat> there's a reason. All of this to say, Marty, there's a reason that George Hill is who he is <laughs> and LeBron James is who he is. One guy is bitching about protocol, adversity, saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I don't care if it's good for the nation, if it's good for the NBA, if GameStop, they continue. Who cares? I need to do me. And the other guy's like, I'm going to block it all out. It's all noise. Take whatever happens in stride. Get the rest of the guys to do exactly the same. Fall in line. No one's talking shit. That's the difference between a guy with zero championships, a role player, and a guy with multiple championships. A guy who is being bounced around the league and a guy who is the greatest player of a generation. And that is facts. So George Hill, you need to just be quiet for a little while. Shh, be quiet. All right, let's hit some voicemails. See what people have to say. Hi, uh, Trista. You know, I have a question for the podcast. I just want to know uh, when you're going to apologize for me. Um, my name's Adam Benark. You're the one that said that I don't guess shit out of my ass, too. Oh. And you were wrong. So I would just <laughs> like to know when, you know, you're going to address that to me. I would like an apology because you were wrong. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you know this backstory, and I neglected this in my James Harden segment, so I had it on good authority that James was going to the Philadelphia 76ers. I tweeted that about a month ago. I knew from someone that I trusted that was very high up in the organization that it was going to go down. I'm not a newsbreaker. I know nothing about trades, free agency, anything. But this was like the one little feather that I had in my cap, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to tweet this, right? The source, very strong, be strong. And then this guy, Adam, tweeted at me and said I was being responsible for saying, irresponsible for saying that. And I said back to Adam, it's not like I'm just guessing this shit out of my ass, Adam. Why would I do this if I didn't think that someone was, that this information was correct? Turns out, the Nets then did the unthinkable. They did something I could have never foreseen. I don't think anyone in the NBA could have foreseen this. By the way, Shams had it tweeted about the 76ers. Mark Stein was tweeting it. So I was feeling good. I was feeling good all the way up until the trade went down. Four first-rounders, as we said, four pick swaps. In what universe could that have been foreseen? KD is going to be 40 by the time the Nets has their own, have their own draft pick back. So Adam, I am addressing this now, and I'm not sorry. I do not apologize. This was the unknowable, and under the same circumstances, if I would have known how it all was gonna play out, 
The truth is, I'd do it again. <laughs> I was so close to vindication. So close to my little victory lap. And I love to be right. I love being right when everyone thinks I'm wrong. I love being right and telling everybody I'm right and them having to swallow it. So no, I do not regret the tweet and I will not apologize. Let's go to the next one. Fuck you, Adam. Hey, uh, I'm a Sixers fan. Um, and, you know, other fans from other teams, you know, they criticize Ben Simmons shooting. And, you know, I try to, you know, breeze past it and, you know, talk about how he doesn't need to. And, you know, you'd rather see him just, you know, get to the rim more, pass, distribute. But deep down, if I'm being honest, I think it's fucking ridiculous. He can't <laughs> shoot at all. He's been in the league like five years. And,. Like, does he practice it? Like, it, it it never looks good. It never has. It likely never will. But, like, what the fuck? Why can't he shoot? He's a professional basketball player. And his dad was a professional basketball player. And he didn't teach his son how to shoot. Like, what the fuck was his dad doing? So, I don't like to admit it. But, like, what the fuck, Ben Simmons? That's a correct take. Marty. You can tell the guy was just, like, working it out in his mind as he was confessing. That was a defeated man. Yeah, I mean, that's a man who you know has, like, multiple burners. <laughs> he's in there, and he's, like, Ben Simmons' greatest one two seven five four, right? And he's, like, in. He's, like, Ben Simmons doesn't need to shoot. He's the greatest rebound. He's a defensive guy. And in his heart, he's, like, I'm so tired for sticking up for Ben Simmons. And thank you for admitting what everyone knows about Ben Simmons is that he's just not worth it. It's sad. And the truth is the truth, which is, yes, why isn't your dad teaching? If your dad's a pro basketball player, why doesn't he teach his little son when he's like five years old to just put up shots over and over and over? Well, and you'd think by pure reps now, because it's not like he's not putting up jumpers when he goes to the gym. How many jumpers is he putting up, though? I just... By naturally being there, you're going to put up jumpers, I feel like. I don't know. It's just weird. But, I mean, hey, uh, he went to my alma mater, LSU, and uh, he never learned how to shoot. And uh, I defended him till the day we got eliminated from NCAA tournament uh, contention. So, uh, I'm, uh, I, I feel for this guy. We've been through a similar thing. He said, if I'm being honest, I think it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> He's never going to learn how to shoot. He never will. It doesn't matter if it looks good. He is unwilling to change. He is un... They paid him the bag. Why would he shoot? Why would he? What a great confessional. We need more of these. Let's get another one. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. 137 to 134, by the way. Mm -hmm. That was the last game uh, that they played against the Heat. 32 minutes Ben Simmons played. Two shots. Oh, yeah. Two shots. And I'm sure they weren't jumpers. Hey, everyone. This is Tyler. Congrats on the new podcast. I have a question for you. Um, how do you think the shorter league affects the uh, overall season? Do you think it creates uh, more rest time for the players or, or less stress? Or do you think it's harder because each game has a little bit more weight to it? Thanks. Bye. I would say that it's even though there's less travel – 
it's going to be more difficult to win against teams because you're playing them back-to-back, and you're doing that back-to-back multiple times. On top of that, you've got all of these crazy restrictions, a bunch of unknowns. So I don't, I don't think, Tyler, that each game has more weight to it because the season is shorter. I think it's just like COVID. It makes things – this may be the most imp- difficult ring to win. People are going to say that there's an asterisk around it, but I think it's with everything that's going on, it's the toughest. Guys are going to be lost, anxious, frustrated. You're going to have guys – you're going to have rosters playing with seven guys on them sometimes. Leaders are going to be the ones that can get guys to fall in line and follow the rules, and the other ones are going to be just out there in the wind. So shout out to to Tyler, a.k.a. T-Rone, a.k.a. the Zodiac Killer for that voicemail. Um – we will see you guys next week. That is all the time that we have for this league. What a crazy-ass episode, Marty. Holy fuck. This may be one of the craziest moments that we've had in NBA history, and it happened just a couple of days ago. And, and now we have two years of drama between James Harden, Kyrie, KD. This thing is endless material for us. That's why the NBA is the best. That's why the NBA is the best. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review. It means so much more than you think it does. Apple and Spotify put a bunch of weight on that. Uh, So also we have this league hoodies. They are fire. I'm going to bring you one, Marty, so that you can wear it. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we will be back Monday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.